Welcome back to the Silent Plus podcast. My name is Josh Wofford, and across the table from me is... As usual, John Nicholson. As usual. We need to <clears throat> get our guests back. Yeah, we're going to have to have some guests. We got some that are... We, we haven't contacted. They don't know if they're going to be our guests. We've got some that <laughs> we're planning to have on board here for too long. That's what we like to do. We like to surprise people. Exactly. So we get genuine discussions. That's so right. they don't have time to think about what they're going to say. <laughs> they just say it. and then Kind of like what we do, this highly, deeply scripted event that we're a part of. Yeah, we basically just sit here and read right. off of uh, our manuscripts that we have. Uh, I just put a whole lot of ums and uhs and blank spaces there, too. But anyways, well, we're actually... Two for two. Wow. Two weeks in a row. Yeah, two weeks in a row. Nice. So hopefully we can keep this up. Uh, if you haven't went back and listened to the recap, uh, please do so. Uh, even I haven't done that. That's what we were talking about beforehand. I need to go back and listen to that. But if you haven't done that, check that out because we're going to uh, do another little piece of a recap today and then talk about where we're going right. uh, for, the, for the rest of this year uh, and some big picture stuff and some minutia things. And so we're going to be that's that's the topic for today because we're just trying to figure out what do we need to talk about as we're kind of kicking this back off i think we just we felt like we needed somewhat of a reset on making sure everybody was on the same page on where we've been and where we're going for 2022 right um because it's been a hit or miss for you and me john (laughs) oh wow it's it's been hit or miss for me for sure but it's been a wonderful year we as you well know we're in the midst of our 200th celebration and since we're kind of at the halfway point we intentionally in the planning of this just took the month of july quote unquote off from those kinds of legacy celebrations uh to give us all a little bit of breathing space we and good gracious don't we need it but uh um but we wanted to take a moment today and just kind of talk about it. let's hit a little bit of a recap what have we done who all's been here and what kind of stories have we heard and things that kind of stick out in our, our minds and maybe you as a listener have some other things that you want to uh, comment or contribute to that uh, conversation we'd love to hear your uh, responses or, or your comments there but then we also want to uh, turn the calendar forward a little bit and talk about those things those events and those opportunities that we know are coming our way uh, from here to December so uh, we're excited about those moments as well yeah so well we didn't get started in January even though that was the plan it was the plan <laughs> we didn't start in January so in February we kicked it off with Jennifer Rash right from the Alabama Baptist and I thought she did a great job of recapping our role in yeah. the the founding of the Alabama Baptist and uh, gave them some swag, and I've seen them wearing that and stuff. So uh, it was just it was powerful to me to hear from the editor of the Alabama Baptist, uh, just acknowledging the role that the church played uh, in founding the paper and uh, and the continuing influence that um, that we have through them, right, uh, all over the state. Yeah, and it was really remarkable. I think for me, you know, there's that side and. That Alabama Baptist story is such a fascinating thing. I'm so grateful that they, uh, we were able to secure the the copy, the first edition copy that is right now on display in our sanctuary, and that will later be displayed down in the Hall of History. But I'm really grateful that we have that. But also, as you read through uh, and get to know a little bit more of the history of of the paper, it had some good times and bad times. It was restarted by members of our church on two different occasions uh, and the last time was during E.T. Winkler's um, mm. um, 
service as minister as the pastor here at Siloam. And so it's it's had, you know, good times and bad times, but the, the remarkable influence of it and the fact two things that just really leapt out at me as Jennifer was here is that it is now the only weekly Baptist publication yeah. uh, in the United States. And also that she is the first woman editor, and I think she, Am I right? Did she say she's the only female editor of a Baptist paper? That's what I remember. I think yeah. that's right. And I just found that to be, one, intriguing, but also wonderfully encouraging uh, in a lot of ways uh, for us uh, as Alabama, and, and fitting for us as Siloam, you know, progenitors of Judson College, women's education in a day when it was thought that women couldn't uh, tolerate or withstand the rigors of an they academic would hurt education. Themselves. That's right. They, they just didn't have the. Uh, the physical fortitude to, to understand to withstand that strain it's so funny how how far we've come but uh but I, I just thought how wonderful it is for that legacy to continue that that ideal to continue um and to see it fleshed out literally uh in the life and work of jennifer rash and just the you know incredible energy that she brings uh to it it was really a good thing yeah i thought so um and then well on the on the schedule we had the the state of the church did, which did happen. Which did happen. That was the plan for January, right? And it was moved to the end of February. Anything you want to say about that, John? No, I, I just think us, you know, with taking that moment to look back at, particularly in that previous year, but also a little bit further back with that one, um, giving us a sense of where we've been, but also the sense of that's not where we're living. We're we're trying to move this ball forward. Yep. We want to continue to do that, and um, you know, it's one of the unique challenges I think of of not only pastoring this church but also being a member of this church is is holding that legacy because we need to preserve and, and pass that legacy forward yes. but not letting that legacy become an albatross or a millstone around their neck that just kind of holds us back and that's all that we are we don't want to become a museum um, but we you know we, we want to be a place that is vitally engaged in ministry for the kingdom of god and i think we're doing that yeah um, uh, so you know that's always been one of the balancing acts of, of certainly pastoring and I think also being a member of this church because you can fall into one ditch on either side that we just go all legacy and that's all we got you know we're just going to make sure that we hold that story together or you can say let's ditch the legacy and let's just look to the future well they go together yeah I, I think particularly legacy needs to inform the future yeah that's kind of how I see it we need to learn from the legacy the good and the bad to be able to move forward and so speaking of that in march uh we had uh reverend dr matthew wilson with us uh for the second time yeah uh, that was the second time uh that he and his church have come to be a part of our sunday morning services and I, you know i would need to go back and pull my notes because i felt like there was a lot of he brought a, a lot of particularly quotable things that he said but things just to make us realize and, and, and think through our role in really not just racial reconciliation, but re- reconciliation as a whole. Yeah, yeah, it is a larger story, and you know, you talk about our legacy, and you know, we we try to embrace that as difficult as it is, because it, it's it's not a great legacy that we necessarily are proud of with the slave stories. Uh, that are here, although we're going to mention that coming up uh, later this year as well. There's another piece of that that we're going to address. But coming to grips with that and, and acknowledging that, you know, we've got to tell that story and realize, yes, that is where we were, but 
thank God that's not where we are. Yep. And it's certainly not where we're going. And, and I'm so grateful for that. And Matthew has been such a tremendous friend along the way. And, uh, you know, he, he did say some, he said some really hard things, some things that made people uncomfortable, rightly so. Yeah. Uh, because there are some things about that legacy and the continuing uh, repercussions. Yeah. Uh, the, the ripples from that that do have very real um, uh, effects in our day-to-day world today uh, in our relationships on the streets here in Marion and other places. Uh, So there there should have been some discomfort, and there was. But, uh, and this was one of the reasons I just kind of gave him free reign, because I I have a a great deal of trust in who he is in in Christ. Mm -hmm. And he did a good job of helping us, as you said, move beyond it just being a matter of black and white reconciliation but this is what christ has called us to yeah ministry reconciliation and it's you know it's about us living that out in front of the world and um you know our moments with certainly with providence and they're we're developing a relationship when i was high in united methodist and some other Mm -hmm. churches and we're grateful for those opportunities that we're having now in in a way that we've not had necessarily in the past um, to build relationships with our African American brothers and sisters here, to do just that, yep. to be that picture to the community, and say, look, you know, yeah, we've got differences. Yes, there are hard things and there are hard discussions that probably are going to have to happen along the way. But in the meantime, we are there's something deeper and greater that holds us together uh, than the things that might would divide us. Yep, I, I just both uh, this last time and the first time he came over here have been uh, just those moments that I'll think back my time at Siloam and just remember and say those were some of the high points right. uh, that I got to experience here. And Dad, blame it, he's just so talented. I mean, the yeah. man plays the piano. He sings beautifully. He even sings when he preaches. I mean, it's, it's really not cr- fair. It's not fair at all, Matthew, if you happen to listen to this. <laughs> we love you, but we're jealous as we yep, can be. Yep. Totally not fair. Uh, speaking of somebody else who's incredibly talented, <clears throat> oh uh, Dr. Lonette Berg was with us in April. She's just such a delight. And always. man, just, uh, you know, she you've heard her on the podcast before. Uh, She was here with, not necessarily here, we were (laughs) were there there. (laughs) at Sanford with uh, Liz Wells. and and, Our own location uh, version of the podcast that we did. Uh, I don't know, we'll have to have a new category for those, (laughs) I guess. But uh, yeah, she talked about uh, E.D. and Porter King and and just the influence that they had in this entire area and really everywhere they went, their legacy that they left and uh, us coming along behind them and helping to build up on their uh, legacies as well. And it was, again, good to hear from uh, Dr. Berg about Siloam's legacy in the state as a whole. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was just so much that she mentioned uh, that we don't have time to recap here, but you know, would would encourage everybody to go back and find these moments on our uh, Facebook uh, live feed and you know, if you have a tough time remembering what all was said, go back and, and listen to them and, yeah. and, and, and watch them. And, uh, just because I, I don't think these are things that just needed to happen one time and they're just left in the past and, and now we just need to go on to something else. These are things that are helping us define and redefine who we are as Siloam here at our 200th. And uh, Dr. Berg uh, is a, a key um, 
person in telling our story, I believe. She, she absolutely is. One of the things that she obviously brings to the table as really our Baptist historian, that, you know, that's not her title, but that's kind of the role that that's she how plays. she functions, yeah. Uh, but she just has that broader perspective um, on, and particularly for Siloam, because she talks to me, you know, off the record with those kinds of things and just talks about how the Siloam legacy gets played out in remote corners of our state that people don't make that connection back because she knows how that story yeah. plays. She sees it and is able to help some folks know about it. But, uh, you know, it's just really a, a joy. And, and, again, she's just a delight. She'll be back with us, and this is looking forward. She'll be back with us in January of next year uh, as we kind of wrap all of this up in a nice, wonderful pa- package. But uh, we'll look forward to that. She'll be presenting certificate and all those kinds of things like she typically does for church anniversaries. But this one will have a little extra oomph simply yeah. because of who uh, Siloam has been in the life of the state. Not a lot of churches make it to 200. Not a lot, but, you know, it's interesting we say that, but, you know, here in our, even in our association, you know, the churches that were founded by our founding pastor, yep. uh, you know, Alt Mogi has, um, is just, I think they're getting ready to celebrate their 200th. I think they did that They did in last year, that's right. Or they did, last they're year? older than we are, because Charles Crow founded them, and then Hopewell is like two months older than we are, but, yeah. uh, you know, uh, George Washburn likes to hold that over our heads that uh, they're older than we, but that's fine. Uh, but, you know, and again, there's another piece of that legacy and that story that we don't really think about a lot of times. We just kind of show up and come to the church and, you know, complain that the air conditioner's on too much or not enough and those kinds of yep. things. But this guy, Charles Crow, planted churches all over this region, many of which, Siloam included, continue to serve the kingdom of God today, effectively. Yep. Yeah, and you know that's just a remarkable legacy that we get to be a part of. Yep, we're just a drop in the bucket. We are a drop in the bucket, if even that. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well, and then in May we had a an okay presented. Uh, <laughs> no, you you did a, a wonderful job of painting us a picture of E.T. Winkler, and I believe you've even played him in the cemetery. Am I right? <laughs> I did. I did. They had a cemetery walkthrough, which which in Marion needs to be revived. There are so many great yep. stories. That can be communicated there, but I, I was asked to play the role of E.T. Winkler, and I remember you had a top hat and yeah, uh, tails. Frank Ramey had that top hat for me, and uh, yeah. I got the tails, but he said you need a top hat to go with that, so he popped it out, <laughs> and there it was. But uh, uh, that was a memorable time, and, and, and that really began my journey of getting to know E.T. Winkler. I, I knew already before I was asked to do that right. that he was the only pastor of Siloam that is buried in Marion anywhere. Uh, and um, that we know of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess I should qualify that, but uh, that, that's in jest. I don't know anything. Either that is a threat. I'm not sure how to take that. <laughs> not a threat at all. Not a threat. But anyway, that started my journey to get us back on track here. That started my journey of getting to know the story of E.T. Winkler. What a remarkable man! What a difficult man! Mm-hmm. Um, I say difficult man. I'm sure he wasn't a difficult man because he was so well loved by the church here and others. But the the context of his story as a noted slave proponent, uh, you know, he was part of drafting the uh, what became the Southern Baptist Convention over the reason of slavery. Yeah, uh, he served as a chaplain in the Confederate Army. All of those things, you know. And so that's a difficult part of his story. But he was also this man who deeply and evidently loved the church, loved Christ, and in the aftermath of the Civil War became you know, 
really probably one of the best known uh, leaders in African American education, particularly for pastors of African American mm-hmm. African American pastors. So there's this deep conflict that I see, or tension rather, maybe yeah. not a conflict, but a tension in that in his life and ministry that I can't fully sort out. But it certainly has engaged and emblazoned uh, my imagination about how to live in tension with things and, and keep moving faithfully forward. Yeah, yeah. So, well, you just kind of hope there is some sort of heart change that happened. I have to believe it was. You know, we don't have well, a moment where yeah, he, we don't have any writings yeah. or, or anything like that. But it, it, I think the actions speak for itself, though. It does. And boy, I, I see a rabbit. And I'm just not going to chase it because it's time <laughs> oh, and place. Man, I like rabbits. Yeah, I know. But you know, it's it, it, it. There's a larger conversation, and I think some of that conversation is being driven currently by cultural forces that have have twisted that story a bit. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I do not, in any shape, form, or fashion, want to you know lessen the severity or the the, the moral um, horror of slavery. Um, but I think it, in many ways, has become something that it maybe was not. But you know, it's it's just so hard. Like I say, it's a rabbit I don't want to chase. But <laughs> but us us trying to gain an understanding of what was E.T. Winkler thinking is nearly impossible given the cultural context in which we live yeah. right now. Yeah. Because uh, it was a totally different thing. But even so, uh, interesting, challenging man, but obviously influential, nationally known. Yeah. Uh, from South. Speaking of interesting, challenging men, we uh, instated Roy Barnett as uh, Deacon Emeritus in June Yeah, uh, as a part of uh, the whole celebration and had Reverend Michael Perry with us. Uh, that was a joke by, about Roy Barnett, by the way. <laughs> no, I, he, he is interesting and... But, but he's also I, challenging. I, I, you know, I don't think that's a bad... You know, we, we, would, we would maybe say that in a bad thing, but he has, he's challenged some of the norms. In our yeah. community, yeah, over now, okay. a long, okay. yeah, I would agree with track. that. Yeah, so I think we could put that moniker on. Okay, him. yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Roy, <you're laughs> but not meaning in a bad way. Not That's I, I was not meaning that in a bad way. That right. was what I was getting. Yeah, I got but, you. But yeah, that was a, a a great time to see him stand up there and uh, tear up as he's thinking us and talking to his daughters who are all or his entire family yeah. who's all in attendance and, uh, and just to be able to uh, look back on his service here at the church and uh, wish that we could have done something for Inez oh, absolutely. Um, as well. Right. Um, but uh, definitely wanted to do that for Roy, and I, I, I think uh, he was deserving of it. He was, and he was. thankfully we were able to pull that off without him knowing it happening. Yeah. And Because uh, it was right there at Father's Day, and he all the girls were coming in for an early Father's Day celebration. And so it worked out really beautifully to be able to surprise him. But it also fits so beautifully with the narrative of the faithfulness of our church family over these generations now, and it's because of men like Roy Barnett. We can, and we can reach back. You know, there's the Colonel McDonald story, and you know, um, the Woodfin Griffin stories, and those are more modern history. But you know, we can reach on back into the E.D. King stories and others. Uh, people that have faithfully, lovingly served this church family. I think of uh, John Lee, the window that's there behind the. The organ the right. window that commemorates him S- served as a deacon for twenty odd, thirty odd years here, and he was the the third one uh, in a line of Lees that did that. And, you know, it's just those kinds of shoulders on which we stand, and uh, and I think a life like Roy Barnett has been influenced by that 
legacy here, and yeah. I think there are others that are coming along uh, in the life of our church that are going to continue to emulate those kinds of things. Yeah. You know, long-standing, steadfast, faithful service. Not for any gain, not for anybody to take notice of who they are, just because they love the church and they love Christ yeah. and um, want to see, see his kingdom grow. It's a beautiful moment. Yeah, and that was the whole point of doing the Great Cloud of Witnesses last yeah. year to build up to this year because once we got to this year, we're talking a little bit more about home. Right. You know, people who have lived in our community, even, you know, and many people who have served in the church and served the, the church at large from our church and uh, because we're reminded that, yes, there is a Great Cloud of Witnesses like in Hebrews 11, Abraham, Moses, sure. and all, all the other people there. But then you have people among us, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, you know. Those are those many others who we can't name or have, don't have time to name. It says right. there at the end of right. Hebrews 11. So, uh, you know, we, we wanted to talk about the church at large and, and last year and then this year we wanted to bring it a little closer to home. Yeah to be able to celebrate people um, within the community. But as you said, this year, or this year, this month, we're taking uh, the month, uh, just taking kind of a break from all this to kind of recoup, because uh, as you said, we kind of needed that yeah. uh, with everything that's been going on. But next month, uh, on the 14th, Dr. Rick Lance will be with us, who is the executive director of the Alabama Baptist State Board of Missions. There we go. Did I get it all? I think you did. Yeah, that's a mouthful. But, uh, yeah, thankful for him and his ministry uh, to us as Alabama Baptists uh, and his personal friendship to us and just uh, his kindness to me in particular, even though he got my name wrong like 20, <laughs> 20 times at the annual meeting last year, but that's okay. I, I won't hold it against him. Uh, it, it was kind of funny when he realized that he was saying the wrong name. But anyways, uh, he, he's just a uh, – he's one of the men who I'll go to battle with. Oh, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. And there, there's not many people in the higher-up parts of the convention that you know we could, I, I could personally say that about, but he's one that I would – ride side by side with yeah. Dr. Lance is such a gift to Alabama Baptists and we are so grateful for his leadership because he has really navigated some very turbulent waters on a national scale and has helped Alabama Baptists do that with grace but also with clarity and uh, I, I'm grateful for him personally um, in my own life he was my pastor during my senior year in high school my family moved to First Baptist Tuscaloosa he was still pastoring there um and I'll tell you this anecdotal story, but it just made such an impression on me. I, we'd only been there eight months or so, and then I left and went to Sanford University. Um, and so, you know, First Tuscaloosa's large church, 1,000, 1,200 or so on any given Sunday. But uh, I came back from Sanford, one of the first times I'd been back, and it was weeks, um, and walked out the back door, and he's still, like many pastors like I do, like to be at the back door greeting folks. And I shook his hand, and he said to me, he said, well, Johnny, tell me how Sanford is. And it blew me away because, I mean, you know, I I was nobody. I was just a, a, you know, snot-nosed senior in high school, and I'd only been around that church for a few months, but he knew me, knew what was going on in my life. And uh, just as is an uncanny ability to do that, I've seen it happen time and again, but it made such an impression on me. And, and then he also helped to mentor me and, and get me, I'll say, kind of sucked into Baptist life uh, writ large across our state. And, uh, and I'm really grateful for those opportunities that he's given me. But he also uh, 
has a great appreciation for um, the the role and legacy of our church, and mm-hmm. and he's excited about being here. I talked to him last month about it, and he's he's looking forward to the time to be here, um, and um, I, I'm I'm interested to hear what he has to say. He's such a gifted communicator. But I'm I'm just anxious to hear how he couches and how he sees that from his his seat as the director of our state convention yes. and the legacy that Salon uh, has left across uh, our convention even to this day. Certainly in the early days of it, but even to this day, how it largely unknown to most of us as members of Salon that it continues to carry on that legacy. Yep. So looking forward to that. That's next month. And then the following month, we will be bringing back Rose Sunday. Right. John, you want to say something about that? Yeah, it's an exciting way for us to continue to bless and love on the Judson community. Um, and, in fact, they're going to be having, I think, their Golden Club uh, luncheon here at Sanford, or at Sanford, at Salome, um, uh, the Saturday before. Um, uh, we do our Rose Sunday on the, uh, the 11th. But uh, it's a good way for us to help preserve that ministry, that memory of what Judson was and also to provide an opportunity for those ladies to come back and once again experience a part of their legacy that meant so much to them in their personal lives. Yeah. So. And that was one of the questions that I fielded from uh, several Judson ladies at, this, at the last Rose Sunday. Are we going to keep doing, doing this? this? And... I, I just said I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't know. Uh, all I could think of was I hope so, yeah. and my I'm I'm very grateful that we're continuing to do that. Well, as far as I'm concerned, I think we will, and it gives us a moment, at least intentionally, in each year, uh, for us to at least take a glance back and acknowledge that legacy of, of faith that was born out of the lives of people in our church, and also because on a Rose Sunday we see you know folks that haven't seen this church in years but they come back because they have a fondness and a memory of and I, I, I so often whether I'm out in public and encounter somebody and that's not unusual for me to meet somebody that was a Judson lady and says oh yes here are my memories of Siloam and they talk about the difference making um, uh, impact that it had on the short few months or years that they were here yep. even even ladies that were only at Judson for a year they talk about their Siloam experience and so it's it's a wonderful opportunity for us to reconnect with that. Yeah. And so I'm excited. I, I agree. That. I'm looking forward to that. It's always a good time to. And then later see, see in faces. September. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you want to yeah, bring that up. We do want to bring that up. Um, uh, it's not on our original calendar. This is something that materialized um, mid-year, actually. But uh, Dr. Beck Taylor is the new president at Samford University, and uh, and he had expressed a desire to come and speak at Siloam as the founding church of Sanford. And so we worked it out for the 25th, and alongside that, and we're finding a way to partner, or not to partner, but to kind of marry these two events, but uh, Dr. Scott Guffin will be bringing the current cohort of the Christian ministry degree um, students um, down to help them to connect to their roots here. And, and Scott's got some wonderful stories already. I talked to him last week about this event. and. Uh, just how excited some of those students are about coming and reconnecting their route. And I, and I find that a wonderful testimony to, I think, what I see as a shift um, or at least a, a, a renewal, I guess, of, yeah. of desire for people to have a sense of where do we belong? Yeah. What, what What is our route? And to have that sense of connection to that. So... Um, 
that'll be happening on the 25th of September. Uh, Dr. Taylor will be speaking in our morning service, and we're going to find some way to uh, engage what's going on with that Christian ministry degree. I think there are like 54, 55 students that will be coming that day, so it's going to be a, a wonderful, full sanctuary. A lot more than the last time that came. No doubt. That's a growing program. We thank God for that. But also, uh, you know, the testimonies I've heard, I've not had the opportunity to personally meet Dr. Taylor yet. I'm looking forward to that. But the the stories that I'm hearing from faculty and staff at Sanford as well as individuals across our state that have met him, uh, we are well blessed as a state to have him at the helm of Sanford University. He is deeply committed to keeping it a place for Christ, and and that's awfully good news. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and then at, in October, this is what you mentioned earlier, right. uh, we want to talk about uh, Harry. So we had our um, Easter sunrise service at Harry's grave uh, this past year. So if you weren't at that, tell us a little bit about what we're what we can what we can expect. This is such day. a wonderful story that so many of I, I would dare say most of our folks don't know. Yeah. Uh, in fact, Easter sunrise service. You know, there were what fifteen of us there, yeah. um, and two or three of them said, "I have never heard this story before." You know. Um, and, and that's so much of, I think, of the history that we have around us that we just kind of take it for granted or we have never had opportunity to engage with it. Right. This story in particular is one that and I, I'm very excited. Galen Jones, who's one faculty at Sanford, he's part of the Christian Ministry Degree Program. He's one of their faculty. Uh, he's an African-American gentleman, and um, he is coming to tell us this story. In fact, uh, Dr. Guffin was talking with me about it when they did the, their first one pre-COVID, yeah. uh, when they had their cohort come down, Galen had never heard this story. And Scott was just kind of, Dr. Guffin was saying, you know, is this a story we should tell, and, you know, whatever, because it's, you know, deals with slavery and it's, it's a difficult topic in our culture. But uh, Dr. Jones said, not only do you need to tell it, but you need to let me tell it. And, uh, you know, he was just so moved by it. So I, I'm very excited to have him come and for us to hear from his heart uh, how important this story is to not only Siloam's legacy, to Sanford's legacy, but to the larger story of self-sacrifice and giving and reconciliation, what that really looks like. Yeah. Uh, just so that people know the, the legacy of Harriet Sanford, uh, the cafe is named after him. Right. Harry's. Uh, cafe. Is it Harry's Cafe Harry's or cafe. is it just Harry's? I, I think it may just be Harry's, actually. Uh, and then they just recently unveiled an, an obelisk uh, over toward um, what's that building over there that it's at? Beeson Divinity School. It, it, it's, it's by Beeson. Um, that you can go and read about Harry and the sacrifices that he made yeah. um, a, a, as a slave of the president. So that was, uh, it's just a moving story and it's some, he's got something to teach us. Yes, absolutely um, does. And then uh, in November, Russell Holman Day. Yeah, I, I, I had to I had to sit there and read that one. I'm sorry. I'm Come on, sorry. you don't know your Baptist history. <laughs> Russell Holman was the first president of what was then the Domestic Mission Board, now the North American Mission Board. Yeah, but he was the first one, and that was he was here at Siloam. He was a member of Siloam, and um, we uh, will have a video greeting from Kevin Ezel 
and um, and we'll have a representative, one of their Who's ambassadors. Kevin Eves, I'm sorry, is the <laughs> current president of the North American Mission Board, and it's now located in Alpharetta, Georgia. But uh, we'll have a representative, one of their ambassadors, Dusty McLemore, who serves or is now retired uh, as a pastor, but served churches in North Alabama uh, very faithfully and wonderfully. But uh, he'll be here with us on that Sunday to help us, again, connect that legacy up a little bit about the influence and role that Siloam had in developing what's yeah. now North American Mission Board. Yeah. Well, I, I'm looking forward to that day yeah. as well. That's, be a good day. that's one of the what yeah. type of moments whenever I tell people, yeah, the North American Mission Board was started here yeah. at, at the church. And, and literally, that's usually what they say, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. are you serious? Yeah. I've had that experience where I, you know, will mention I'm at Siloam, and they're like, tell me, Siloam, where's that? And I'll say, and Mary, and, and, it, and I start ticking off all the things that Siloam did. And somebody, I've had several folks that somebody should write a book about that. And, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> it's in the stories, but, you know, yep. and, and Elizabeth Wells is working on a, a rewrite of our history, so maybe it'll go uh, viral and everybody will get to know the story. We'll see. Well, that would be great. That well, would. John, we got a lot. We've got a lot going on, and uh, what a wonderful opportunity for us to celebrate intentionally. A lot of these things, and, and again, these are these are the high points. There are so many other stories that are in there yep. that you know, we haven't really unpacked. But uh, there's we got a lot of good high points that we need to be hearing about. Yep. Well, I, I'm excited for the rest of this year. I know the first half of this year, with its ups and downs, <laughs> has overall been good. It has been uh, a good just year. been a, a good time of worship and remembering what God has done through us, uh, and well, not necessarily us, but the people who went before us. Well, also uh, through us, and that's I yeah. think that's another piece of of all of these tales that have been told so far is that we're continuing that story, whether it's with the Alabama Baptist and you know, and us continuing to partner with them, or E.T. Winkler's legacy of of educating and, and raising up African Americans, you know, for the gospel, and, and we're trying to partner with African Americans that are doing just that. Yeah, you know, so I mean, there are there are there are great stories for us to hear from the past, but they have real current um, application. Yeah, there's the good yep. word um, for where we live. Yep. So. Well, I, I'm I'm looking forward to the rest of this year, and I hope that everybody who's listening will be able to join us for those Sundays and and then everything in between as well. All the other celebrations that will be going on, and um, it, it's just a it's an honor to be a part of a church that has been faithfully serving for 200 years. Absolutely, and, it is. Uh, and just pray that uh, it doesn't end with us. Amen. We're going to keep being faithful. So let me just encourage you: put those dates on your calendar. You can find them in other places as well. We try to publish them from time to time in the newsletter. And, uh, just take note of them. Make it a special point to be here and bring somebody with you and encourage uh, folks to come and hear a little bit about the incredible legacy that God's allowed us to be a part of. Well, we'll see you guys next time. Look forward to it. See ya.